Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Okay, so today we'll take kind of an overview of all of the covenants that I mentioned last week and then dive in deeper in future. So the first one on our list was the Edenic Covenant. That had to do with the Garden of Eden. It is represented in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. It's a conditional covenant between God and Adam. And this governs man's creation in this perfect, innocent life in Eden. It presented a simple test of obedience and a death penalty and ended shortly after it was made when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The next covenant is the Edemic covenant. It's an unconditional covenant between God and all the fallen humans. Satan's tool, that evil serpent, was cursed, and the first promise of the Redeemer was given. This covenant covers sin and curses, God's mercy, also being banished from Eden. They lost the land, and it mentions the trees in the Garden of Eden. Now Satan has the authority over the power of the air, and this particular covenant stays in place as long as sin is present on the earth. The next covenant would be during Noah's day. After sin entered the world, it bloomed to full flower, and there was judgment and a reset because of God's mercy. The Noahic covenant is an unconditional covenant, and it was made to secure the earth as a stage for the restitution of all things, as in Acts 3.21, when all will be administered by Christ in the millennial kingdom. Ephesians 1. During this time also, capital punishment and human government was established. The next covenant on the list is the Abrahamic covenant. It is also an unconditional covenant, and it was made to secure an innumerable seed to enjoy the land and the blessing and the world through them. This covenant has not been fulfilled yet, but it will come to pass in the millennial kingdom after Christ's second coming. The Gentiles are grafted in into this covenant, and it is also reconfirmed through the story of Isaac. And through Abraham and through Christ, all the families of the earth are to be blessed. The Abrahamic covenant is a promise for all of Abraham's spiritual children. The next covenant was given solely to the nation of Israel. It was called the Mosaic Covenant. It consisted of the Ten Commandments and social judgments and religious ordinances. There were over 600 of these in the Bible. Because of its prominence in Jewish life, it's frequently referred to as the law. Spiritually, it was a conditional covenant of works, and due to its impossible requirements, it's a ministry of condemnation and death. It was designed to lead the sinner to redemption in Christ. This ended with the death of Christ because Jesus fulfilled the requirement for this and gives us grace and salvation through himself, through his sacrifice. 
The Mosaic Covenant was also referred to as the law as our schoolmaster. Next is the Davidic Covenant, which is an unconditional covenant as well. It secures a son of David as the sovereign to sit on a throne and reign forever. Currently, it is dormant, but the promise remains to be taken up when the son of David ascends David's throne in the millennium. It's mentioned in Luke 1.32 to Mary. Now, all these covenants were a foreshadow of things to come, of the new covenant, or the messianic covenant, which is also a unconditional covenant. It also replaces the old covenant. It secures salvation, a new heart and forgiveness for all of God's people. It includes a return to the land and peace for future converted Israel, ensuring that they never again lose it through disobedience. There's also a mention of a land covenant in the Bible, which is unconditional and eternal which will play a part in how all of these covenants play out. Now that we've seen an overview of each of these, of all of these covenants, they give us a timeline for each of the covenants, as well as a roadmap through the Bible and how these covenants, when they are active, they give us a roadmap for all the stories that we hear in the Bible. And they start to connect the dots of all of the people that we meet and what kind of government or what kind of covenant was going on at that particular time of their life and how these covenants affect different people groups today and in the future. After we see an overview of the covenants, we can read through Ephesians chapters 1 to 3 because it's not just theology chapters. It gives us an understanding of the mystery of God's will, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now that I've been exposed to the covenants of the Bible and understand how they work throughout the ages, chapters 1 to 3 of Ephesians has come alive, and it explains so much more, and it's a little easier to understand. So I'll touch on Ephesians right now for just a bit, and then we'll do it again at the end of explaining all of this, and maybe we'll see how much more we understand of God and what he's written here. So Paul starts out in chapter 1 with greetings as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul was an apostle of Jesus. He saw Jesus. He touched him. He heard him. He was alive during the time that Jesus was on this earth. So he wears that title, and very few do. He sends grace and peace from God our Father. And this is in a letter not written just to the Ephesians, but also a letter that's written to us today. It transcends all time and comes to us right now as we're listening to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According to this, he says, it was at the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's what God wants us to be. And he predestinated us unto being the adopted children of Jesus, according to his good pleasure, 
of his will. He wanted us to be his adopted children. He chose us to be in his family. If you belong to Jesus, you are not just anybody. You are special. Remember that God has chosen you. And why has he chosen you? He chose you for the praise and glory of his grace so that he can make us all accepted in the beloved. This is the first place where Paul takes a breather, the first period in chapter one. Paul is so excited to share these things with the Ephesians, what God has shown him in his heart to share with them, not just with the Ephesians, but with us. Chapter one, verse seven continues, in whom in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, because he abounds towards us in all wisdom and prudence. And here's the key, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, as purposed in himself, so that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. When is that? Well, we'll find out later that that is during the millennial kingdom, when we look at the covenants, so that during that time he might gather together in one all things that are in Christ, that being a very key phrase, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Because in him, we have obtained an inheritance. If we're adopted, we receive the inheritance. And we're also predestined according to the purpose of him who works all these things after his own will. Now, that doesn't mean we're puppets, this predestination thing. It just means that being outside of time, God can foresee the things that we're going to choose. That may be difficult for us to understand when we're stuck right here inside of time. But if you picture God outside of time, or like, have you ever watched a parade where you're sitting at a particular spot on the curb and the parade comes towards you, it's in front of you, and then it goes past you? Well, picture a helicopter at the top that can see the beginning of the parade, where you're sitting, and the end of the parade. It's kind of the same, the best picture I can give you for being outside of time. The helicopter can see the beginning, the middle, and the end when we can only see what's right in front of us at the time. So predestination is a little bit like that, or the best I can explain it for you right now. And Paul goes on to explain why God did all this. Verse 12 says, so that we should be to the praise of his glory, that we would be his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Here he takes another breather. Oh, I've shared so much. Your adopted, loved children that are predestined. And I did it because of my will. And yes, In past, this was a mystery, this mystery of this will. It was a mystery to the Jews, but it's now revealed in Jesus Christ. Verse 13 says, in whom you trusted. Talking to the Ephesians, you trusted in him, remember? After you, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you heard the Bible and the message of the good news, you also, after this, you believed and you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. It's like a down payment on a house. When you put that money down, that house is yours. 
but you don't have full possession of it yet. So this is the earnest or the down payment of our inheritance. What is the Holy Spirit that he's given us? Until we receive the redemption of the purchased possession, and that is our eternal life with Jesus, unto the praise of his glory, all for God's glory. He didn't have to do this. He could have let Adam and Eve die back in the garden because they were disobedient. But through each of these covenants and through so many people, everyone, not just them, us included today, sinful man keeps choosing disobedience rather than obeying God. We like to do things our own way. We want to do things our way. But God knows better. He made all of this. Yeah, he made the rules. So we need to either surrender and do it his way and live life to the fullest because he made us, he loves us, and he wants us to have a wonderful life in him. No, it's not always going to be perfect, but we have a hope for the future of being with him in a perfect world. Soon, soon and very soon. But for now, we're still on this earth and sin is here. It's in our hearts. It's all around us and it looks ugly. But look up because there's a future and a hope that's coming. For right now, we need to be ambassadors for him. Representatives of what all of this means. That's why it's important to take a look at these covenants. To take a look and see how they play out in the entire Bible. How they play out in our lives and how they play out for our future. So come back next time, and we'll learn some more together. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to Moments with Moni, you can find a lot more information on the website at momentswithmoni.com. There'll be background information on each of the podcasts, a way to subscribe, and information to connect in many different ways. Thanks so much for listening.